Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We have got a great lineup for you today. I'm so glad to be with you. So, okay, so let me just share something here before, you know, while we're kind of getting things going here. Mr. Benny is uh, in there getting our guests and so forth. Okay, so I I am putting together um, information for my book. And, you know, part of part of what I love is for many of you, for those of you that that don't know, uh, you know, kind of what I have been up to. Well, so I'm writing this book and, and launching an entire series. And as a matter of fact, you guys are going to hear like a lot about it because I'm going to be offer, offering webinars. I'm actually going to be offering circles uh, that we're going to connect once um, a month. So there's just a lot of things in the work. But one of the things that I love is I, I love the idea of, of of research. Now, what does that mean? I honestly don't know why I like to find out information about things. And so for me, for my, you know, my background, I am the first one in my family ever to graduate high school. And my, my um, you know, what do they call it? Lineage, so to speak. Uh, although my stepmom did get her GD, GED, uh, I am the first one to go on to higher education. And I didn't have a clue about what any of that meant until I was downsized in 1992. And the downsizing was kind of fun in a way because what happened was I was the head of the human resources organization. So for those of you out there that are listening and you're part of an organization, you know what HR is about, right? At least you know what they're about now. But back in the day, so to speak, HR uh, had a very, very big and important role in some companies. And so I was in a position, and I had worked my way up to that position. I'd gone to school at night for my undergraduate degree because I was basically told that I would never um, move beyond um, a clerical job unless I got an education. So it took me 13 years. 13 years to get that undergraduate degree. And I celebrated the day I got it because I was so thrilled I was done. Now, this was before all of these online opportunities, right, that are available now where you can, you know, go to school and get things online and, you know, self, self-study, self I guess, is what it is. Uh, almost every university these days has an online program of some kind, from what I understand. But but here's why I'm sharing all this with you. What happened with me, while I'm trying to get the Internet working here, what happened with me was this, this introduction into graduate studies in the United States. So the fact that I, 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 I was downsized, one of the very first things that I did was to get myself 
uh, back to school. As a matter of fact, while my boss was kind of talking with me and firing me and literally like trying to rip my badge off of me, it was around my neck. I was thinking, okay, I've always wanted to go back to school. So that's what I did. And I I went and and I had applied to Columbia. And so I I, I was able to go back to Columbia and, and kind of, you know, get that going. But here's what I discovered. I did not have a clue about what it means to get a higher education, is that what they call it here, in this country at the time. And so here's what I discovered in, in in this journey. I discovered that I love research problems. Now, let me just tell you, that's a fancy dancy word for figuring out issues that go on in life. And, and in my area, what I studied was organizational psychology and then later on psychology at Claremont. Uh, but what I discovered was I love this idea of connecting the dots, And what does connecting the dots have to do with anything? Well, here it is. You know, we hear about questions like, are employees happy in the workplace or not? Okay, so happiness then defines itself by satisfied, by uh, uh, are you getting the rewards you desire and so forth. Well, anyway, I went on to kind of look at, for me, the consequences and effects of downsizing. Bam! There it was. Therapy. A $100,000 trip in graduate and doctoral studies that became therapy, so to speak. So anyway, here it is. So I'm in this area, and what I discovered after almost not finishing my first year because it was completely statistics, and I didn't even understand what any of that meant, was I, I found out that in these kinds of studies, you get to ask questions. Ha! Here I am on the radio show. I'm still asking questions. So one of the questions that I started to ask, or several of the questions, and here's really was the challenge for me, was that, you know, on the path to discovery, and this is really kind of, you know, a coming full circle to tell you why I'm even sharing this with you, is coming full circle. Here's what I've discovered. When you are in these programs, right, they make you take perhaps your biggest idea, the thing you want to know most about, and and get it down to one, two, or three questions. I have to tell you, the the effort that I had to put into to take this thing that was called downsizing and break it in to three questions, that was a spiritual journey for me. Because what it taught me is the power of focus. And I didn't even know it. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because as I'm writing my book, you know, one of the things that I'm including in it is something I'm very passionate about, which is... This idea of looking at how other people are looking at the world and are able to tell us whether or not taking a pill, potion, or lotion is going to cure us, uh, whether we participate in the workplace is going to make us more happy, or whether we have sex more than once a year is something that keeps a relationship 
juicy and lively. So people, and I want to say people, it's it's not just the academic world, but it's like people, like these Gallup poll people. So here's what I was doing. So I started to to look for, for questions that I'm very, very interested in. Oh, okay. All right. So I got a little thing here, a uh, message from somebody. Yes. What, okay. So ultimately what I studied in my graduate program and... Uh, and if you if you Google this, you'll you'll find it. But you would have to Google my name spelled correctly and then misspelled, of course. Uh, but what you would find is you would find that what I decided to study. You ready, everybody? Consequences of violating the psychological contract. What in the world does that mean? Let me break it down, because what I wanted to study was what are the effects of breaking promises. What are the effects of keeping promises? And so that's a fancy like academic term that a, a committee of people decide that this is what you're going to study and this is what you're going to report about. And so I'm going to share some of the results of that uh, a, a little bit. I, it looks like I'm going to be able to share it today. From Right, Benny? So we're trying to track down the guests. Still doing work here. Okay, but if not, you know, I have got lots of things to share. Okay, so here you go. So I went on the Internet, and I got like, if you're watching me on the TV thing, okay, look at all these papers, right? I went on on the Internet, and I started to uh, Google the term well-being because I also also did for, you know, one of the, the thesis things that I had to do in school, uh, I also studied the effects of job insecurity on health and well-being and so forth. And that was fascinating. I mean, let's think about it. Academic studies take a common sense thing and play it out. Okay, so what's a common sense thing about job insecurity? Let's just let's just play this out because millions of dollars go into universities. Students get together with faculty and they study things like this. Here's the deal. I wanted to study job insecurity. Why? Because the last three months of my tenure uh, at the phone company, right, in this HR position, uh, back then they didn't just fire you on the spot. They told you you were going to be fired and then told you you had to stay there. Everybody, there were thousands of us, right, told, told you had to stay there for another three months and then uh, uh, train new people. So this was old school way before they figured out that that's not the way it's going to work, that the way it's really going to work is that what happens is we're just going to, like, downsize you, fire you, and we're going to walk you out the building. So here's what I discovered along the way. It's almost more painful, let me use the word, to be sitting in this place of, quote, insecurity. And what do I mean by that? When we put our energy, when we put our time into something outside of ourselves, and trust me, I was a career girl, My identity, my head looked like a bell-shaped head. I worked for the telephone company since I was 17 years old, and I was pushing a mail cart. I was one of these people. I worked my way up. All of that stuff that I understand right now that that doesn't happen much anymore. So when that ended, so did my identity. So I thought. So this idea that I'm sharing with you, this idea of well-being, is what I decided to Google. Now, on another day, I will talk to you more about some of the other things I discovered. But one of the first studies that I came up with that comes up when you Google well-being 
is called, you ready, everybody? A snapshot of the age distribution of psychological well-being in the United States. Let me just read that to you again. This is another fancy-dancy way to say, as you get older, you're either going to be happier or less happy. A snapshot of age distribution of psychological well-being in the United States. So here is the short version before we go to break, and then I'll bring my guest on. So you ready for this? Here's what they say. This is like a lot of people. This is like a telephone survey of 340,847 people in the United States. And I bet some of you are right there. So here are some of the things that they studied, the relationship between global well-being and age. They said little is known about this, and they were right. So let me just give you the short version of it. The short version of it seems to be that people in the oldest category, uh, which they say is over 65, those people are the happiest. People in the youngest category, which is the 18 to 29, I believe, are pretty much miserable. So the good news for all of us, it is true. What our parents have told us year after year after year, we get better with age. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back, everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. And coming up is my very special guest. Why? Because we've got the solution going on with uh, my very special guest joining us here today, Lucinda Bassett. We'll be right back. When it comes to massage, don't take a chance on quality. Come to the award-winning Dream Clinic. Whether you're experiencing stress, muscle aches, or need treatment for an injury, Dream Clinic's highly skilled massage therapists tailor their massage plan to your individual needs. We're open seven days a week with convenient locations in Green Lake and Queen Anne. New clients, mention hearing this ad and enjoy $20 off your first massage visit at Dream Clinic. Learn more about us at dreamclinic.com or call 206-267-0863. Discover Dream Clinic and experience the difference. Hi, I'm Dr. Lucinda Messer. Are you interested in protecting yourself from skin cancer this summer? Make certain that you allow the sun to help you with this by exposing your skin to the midday sun for only enough time to acquire a minimal erythemic dose, a mild blanching to your skin. Usually this takes 20 to 30 minutes for most Caucasians. Then you apply the sunscreen. This allows your body to produce vitamin D and protects you from developing skin cancer. Remember to never burn. Visit my website, PowerfulD.com. Integrative Dentistry provides a broad range of holistic dental services by using healthy materials, full body understanding, and quality care. Dr. Mitch Martyr focuses on natural dentistry by combining alternative treatments with conventional procedures. He has done extensive research and continuing studies in a broad range of allied fields, including TMJ and pain treatment, orthodontics, periodontology, mercury removal, toxicology, nutrition, herbal medicine, acupuncture, massage, craniosacral, and homeopathy. Call for an appointment or free consultation at 206-367-6453. That's 206-367-6453. And visit MitchMartyrDDS.com. That's MitchMartyrDDS.com. Hi, Katya here from Urban Wellness, your local herb shop, with your herbal tip of the week. 
Feeling under the weather? Don't forget some simple home remedies. Garlic, ginger, horseradish, and hot chilies. Consume large amounts of garlic for its immune-boosting antibacterial properties. Eating chilies in soups is sure to get your nose running and sinuses flushed. Or wasabi horseradish on nori or sushi rolls will race through the sinuses and help clear you out. Thanks for tuning in to my Herbal Tip of the Week. Come see us at 103 Lake Street South in Kirkland, Washington, or online at urbanwellness.net. If you or anyone you love has a degenerative or bulging disc, you need to know the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. For bulging discs of the back and neck, they use the DRX-9000 Spinal Decompression Machine. It gently creates negative pressure on the specific degenerated disc that allows the body to naturally repair itself. No drugs and no surgery. The website is bellevue.wellnessone.net to learn more about spinal decompression at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. That's bellevue.wellnessone.net. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. Yeah, we got a great lineup for you today, kicking it off right now with The Solution. Joining me here today, hot off the plane, sitting in the beautiful island of Oahu, Waikiki, but taking time out to be with us, that's what I, I think is like most important, is Lucinda Bassett. She's joining me here today. And, and let me just tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to get to it. Um, she is known as a symbol of hope and strength for millions of people worldwide. And has de- this is what I love. This is so in line with what I was just talking about. She's dedicated her career to helping others achieve personal transformation. I love this. You're going to find out today how each of us can be guided through fear, challenge, change, uh, and loss to a life of happiness and fulfillment. So we're going to hear about her own story of transformation. You're going to hear about that and what she discovered over the, the course of her career to lead her to write, you know, this incredible book that I have in front of me. But, you know, she's also the author of national bestseller from panic to power, you know, where she has been able to open up the door and give us a insider view of how to move beyond her personal account of struggle and and get to this place of triumph. I love talking with people like this. I, I love, love, love the idea that people have come out in a big, big way, a big way to help the rest of us pick ourselves off, dust ourselves off, and live life full out. Lucinda, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you on the show. It is my pleasure to be, be well, it's actually my pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's definitely a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for, thanks for having me. So I got to hit you with the Dr. Pat question, and I know you're going to be able to uh, answer this pretty easily. You know, I hit me with your best shot. uh, I'm going to hit. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be my. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be my best shot. It's, but it's the shot that I'm pretty much known for. You know, I've just given people a snapshot of who you are, and definitely a person's bio says very little about their journey. But the question I want to ask you, best-selling author, and much more: What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles? that you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, I have two different answers to that. All right. And the, first, the first one is, well, I have three different answers to that, okay? The, and the first one is that I grew up very poor with an abusive alcoholic father, which you know, I'm sure many of your listeners have been there. And so um, that set me up for 
uh, a different role as an adult. I was the youngest of five children. I was the one that ran around and fixed everything and made everybody happy, I thought. Yeah. And so naturally, I grew up to be someone who would want to fix people. Okay. So that was step one for Lucinda Bassett. Step two was that um, I became agoraphobic about, oh, nine years old until I was about 23. I had severe panic attacks, lots of anxiety, and episodes of depression. And when I say severe, I got to the point where I was housebound. Um, I couldn't I couldn't leave my home. I wouldn't drive. I wouldn't fly. So I became agoraphobic. So that was step two for Lucinda Bassett. And, and that led me to recovery on my own with a lot of research. And then I ended up helping people in that way. I ended up becoming, I guess for lack of better words, I've been called the anxiety guru, the anxiety lady. I mean, I have an infomercial, I'm on the radio, I've written books, and as you mentioned, From Panic to Power, became a bestseller, and I really believed, all right, this is kind of my divine destiny to go through tragedy and experiences and go out and help other people. And uh, so I started to settle into my 40s with some confidence. I was totally recovered. I'd helped over a million people. Um, My kids were thriving. My husband and I were happily married. Life was really beautiful. Of course, there was, you know, trauma and loss and things in my life. I'm not, not gonna, my sister died, my brother died, um, things that happened, and I survived it. And so I settled into 50s thinking, I can get through whatever. I am strong. I, um, I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed. And I'm, I continue to help people. And then, lo and behold, three years ago, um, I lost my husband, who I'd been married to for 25 years. Yeah. And what you may or may not know is um, he took his life, which mm-hmm. was really very traumatic for me. And I'm just starting to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to you when you called and I was late is that I'm on a vacation. I haven't been on a vacation for a long time. This is mm-hmm. the first vacation I've taken in a long time. And so there I was, you know, someone who had gone through a very difficult life as it was turned that into an opportunity to help people, which I have done, and which, by the way, is the biggest blessing of my life. And then my husband, by the way, I have to tell you, one of my biggest fears in my life was losing my mind. Mm. And my husband came from a family where there was a psychosis and uh, manic depressive disorder and also suicide. And I knew it, and I never worried about it, because David was an incredible man, an amazing father, wonderful um, husband, and so when this happened, it was very shocking and traumatic, and we kind of saw this whole behavior unfold, and it was really frightening. I mean, I, I'm really good with anxiety and depression. I've never treated anyone with psychosis and severe um, manic depressive disorder. And of course, he had to be hospitalized, and he was on very uh, just he was on the wrong medication for a long time. And this is something I want to talk about down the road in my life. And so um, that was tr- very, very trying, as you can imagine. For myself, um, my children were just completely overwhelmed by it. They're amazing people and lost their father, who was an amazing man, to something that none of us could understand. And then my brother, three months after that, went into a coma and died. And then my mother passed away. Mm. So the, the reason I'm telling you all of this, Pat, is because... Um, Life's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, in the last three years, I have really been forced to deal with uh, a grief and trauma as I've never known in my life. I was forced to get through something that personally I thought I would not get through. 
And if somebody would have told me three years ago, you, you know, Lucinda, you're going to be able to keep your family intact and to keep your home, which was, I, I just thought my whole world, my whole life, I had to sell my business. And you're going to be able to keep your sanity and you're going to be able to write another book and and eventually smile again. I, there's no way I would have said absolutely not. There's just no way. I, in fact, I thought I would die right along with him. Mm. I mean, we, we were really very close and, and he was my best friend. My mother used to say, when you're not with him, you're on the phone with him. And he's gone. So I just think it's important that I tell you all of that because you asked. And part of my internet, uh, mm-hmm. moving forward in my life is authenticity with you know, what I've been through. And I, and I think the biggest reason is because there are so many people in the last three years who've been through such horrible trauma. Exactly. And, and so I want to share that if I can get through what I've been through, which is about as bad as it gets, other than losing a child or your own diagnosis of a terminal disease, then then your listeners can get through with what they're struggling with right now. So, you know, that's that's where I have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and where I am now is I'm trying to figure, you know, trying to figure out who Lucinda is without David, which is really hard because I was with him since I was 25. And as I said, he was my best friend. He had my back, my lover, my business partner, and my whole world changed. Like I, I had to sell my company. Um, I'm a single mom to some kids who've been pretty devastated. And, you know, when you go through something like suicide, there's a lot of, I want to say guilt, ang- ang- guilt, blame, and anger, and shame. And a psychiatrist who's a friend of mine at Harvard said, Lucinda, there's only one person, is, only one reason a person takes their life is because they're mentally ill. And I said, well, that doesn't help. When, you, when I want to tell my son that his dad was mentally ill, it's not like it makes him feel better. Right. So I've been trying to find a way, because I believe it's, again, part of my destiny, although I don't like it right now, to help people see that there is life after death, that there is when someone takes their life, someone that you really love. And by the way, it's not just crazy, whacked out weirdos that commit suicide, okay? It's a lot of normal, right. loving people who are just sick. Right, right. I, I, to- yeah, I totally get it. Uh, you know, and and honestly, for me, you know, I'm kind of like you. I'm starting to share some things I've never shared before and, you know, beginning my first book. Um, but my mother committed suicide when I was seven and she, wow. she did, she had one attempt at it and failed and, you know, wrote letters about that. And then ultimately, shortly thereafter, um, they released her from Bellevue and decided to set herself in a house on fire. And I, I wow. so feel for you because, you know, what what is it we do tell our children and you know how this translates this translates also to your book because people are going through such dark moments now how do we tell our children that the house you grew up in you're going to have to move out of how how do we tell our families that you know the the way we've been able to provide for our moms and our dads and other people we're just not able to do that. You know, the guilt, the shame that you address and the worry uh, that I, that you talk about. I took your worry quiz, by the way, uh, is phenomenal. When we come back, uh, Lucinda, what I would love for you to do is share the number one thing that we here in this 
culture worry about most. What a touching story. This best-selling author, amazing woman, Lucinda Bassett, joining me here today. The book is called The Solution. Conquer your fear, control your future. I love that. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Support for the Dr. Pat Show comes from the Lucky Palette Vegetarian Meal Service. Lucky Palette delivers tasty, affordable vegetarian meals to the home and business throughout the greater Seattle area. For more information, call area code 206-352-2583 or visit their website at luckypalette.com. Each meal is prepared in small batches with no preservatives. You'll never have to worry again about what's for dinner. Get inspired. Create the life you desire with internationally known radio host and motivational speaker, Sue London. Sue inspires millions of people to overcome difficult or traumatic situations in their lives. People feel hope, courage, and are ready to move forward after hearing Sue speak. Book motivational speaker Sue London for your next event at AskSueLondon.com. That's AskSueLondon.com. Are you upside down on your home loan and facing foreclosure? Washington's Foreclosure Fairness Act takes effect on July 13th and requires your mortgage holder to grant you a face-to-face meeting to negotiate modifications to your loan that may let you keep your house. More than 5,600 homes were seized in the first three months of this year in the state of Washington. Don't let this happen to you. Visit foreclosurefairness.net. That's foreclosurefairness.net or call 206-818-9732, your home safety net. Have you asked your dentist about periodontal disease? Three out of four adults in Seattle unknowingly suffer from this painless but progressive infection caused by bacterial plaque. If not carefully treated, these bacteria can infect your gums, deteriorating the tissue and causing tooth loss. At Pacific Northwest Periodontics and Implant Dentistry, we offer a different kind of patient experience providing the highest level of perio care within a relaxing environment. After a thorough examination, our doctors will take the time to understand your needs, address your concerns, and review a variety of treatment options with you. Our goal is to work with you to ensure the integrity of your dental health. Don't allow periodontal disease to take your teeth. Call Pacific Northwest Periodontics at 206-575-1086 to schedule an appointment. Or to learn more about periodontics, Visit us online at pnwperio.com. Are you in constant pain and tired of taking pain pills? At Holistique Medical Center, our physicians listen, examine, and find the root cause of your pain. Comprehensive, non-invasive, scientific, and energy-based natural therapies do exist to treat your pain and its root cause. Contact Holistique Medical Center to transform your life. Call 425-451-0404 or on the web at drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Welcome back. Wow. What a great show. I'm so thrilled that I can introduce you to Lucinda Bassett. I mean, what she shared on air. I have never a Lucinda shared on air uh, what I just shared about my mom. 
That was wow. the first time I've shared that. But I believe, like you, it is really time to take the real conversations to the street. Well, especially, I think, when you have, I mean, when I am who I am and I do what I do, and I believe, you know, you as well, when we are given the important um, task of opening um, people's minds to healing and to to that whole feeling that they are empowered, then it is up to us to share because, you know, it's one thing to sit and say to someone, you can get through um, losing your child to a brain tumor, but if you've really never lost your child, you don't understand. You might understand trauma. You might understand grief. You might understand depression and loss. But, you know, now, if you can, you know, it, so, so if, you, if you as a therapist or as a person in the healing world or as a person in the media have been through something really traumatic that's almost as painful, then you can understand. And, and when someone says to me, as you just did, you tell me your story, I just got something from that. I got something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up from this phone. I'm going to walk away. And even if it's one word of hope or one vision or one piece of inspiration, and I think right now, as you said, Pat, the, I mean, I've been in this business for 20 years. I, I, don't, I don't think the last time I can remember this kind of trauma in the world and in our country, this kind of pain, this kind of fear, as you said, worry, was during 9-11. Yes. And, and the difference is that that was short-lived, okay? Yeah. I mean, we, we, it, it went on for quite a while, and it changed our world, and it will never be able to be the same, and we all felt so vulnerable. I remember coming home with my kids from school, and they were literally looking up at planes. They were flying over our house. We were thinking we were going to be bombed. I mean, it was, you know, we were all scared, scared to death of what the next step of that, of that terrorist attack would bring, and it devastated us. But as a country, we did eventually recover and, and went on to live the, you know, what's the word, you know, I'm looking for um, the lives of entitlement, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but overspending, spending money on the credit cards, as you said, beautiful homes beyond our wildest imagination, that three cars per family, four television sets, vacations twice a year to great places, I mean, you know, we could spend it because we could borrow it. And now we've all been brutally smacked in the face. So many people in their 50s who counted on their homes for their retirement have had to move out of those homes and lose their equity. And as you said, they're turning to their children and saying, no, you can't live the life we've always lived. And no, we don't have the money to send you away to college. I mean, these are really gut-wrenching, horrible things. I don't know about you, but people I've known who've been married forever some of them are splitting up because of the the, the financial stress and the, the absolutely, and, absolutely, and, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'm so glad you brought that up because a bunch of years ago when this started, you know, I said to folks, I said, you know what, people are not going to get divorced right now because they can't afford it. I said, but the minute the stock prices go up. Let's see what the trend is. And I had a divorce expert at the show, on the show at the time, and he turned to me and he said, no, that's not going to happen. And so, lo and behold, what is happening is exactly what we've said. You know, so people have been living together not so nicely. Uh, exactly. for the pet, right? exactly. I mean, and think about the impact on kids, right? right? And now we're starting to see the divorce rate go up. But it's not just 
heterosexual couples. I mean, it's same-sex, heterosexual. It's people that are partners that have been in relationships. And why is that, uh, Lucinda? Why is that? Why, are, why, do, why do we not have the resilience to hang in there when times get tough? You know what? I've seen three different scenarios. And one is people are hanging in there. They've sold their house. They've, they're moving into condos. They're downsizing, and they're finding out, you know what, we can get through this together. And then the other scenario I've seen is the one you mentioned, which I think is the most bizarre, I don't think I could stand, is people who are staying, they're moving, he's moving, moving to the basement, or she's moving to the upstairs bedroom. They're living together. They're struggling to get through it, to hold on to what they're hoping they might have and the equity in their house, although nobody knows. And they're living together. They're not, you know, they're not being intimate. They're not really sharing their life, but they're still married. And then the last one is they're jumping. It's like they're so depressed or they're anxious, they're overwhelmed, they've lost everything, they don't care anymore, and they're saying, I'm out, I'm out, and they just leave each other. And that's what we seem to be seeing. And for me, I'm, I'm shocked because I, when I lost my husband, it was not by choice. I would give anything to have him. There have been so many times I've wanted to just, you know, call him and say, come and get your son. He's overwhelming me because he's 19 and he's, you know, six foot one, and he's angry, but yeah. you know he's angry about him, mm-hmm. and, and and there's nobody to call, right? And 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 I have to do it all myself, and it's so hard, you know. And the, the financial end of it, my whole life was turned upside down. I mean, I went through a period of time three years ago when my husband was sick, where he he was, um, oh my God, he was turning off. Uh, I would go to put a credit card in the bank or in the um, gas, and uh-huh. the credit card had been shut off. I would go to get money out of my checking account, and it was, the money was taken or gone because he was going through these things himself, and he was very sick, and I didn't even know what he was going through. And so, you know, I I lived in that hell. I remember going to my mom's 800-foot little apartment thinking, how do I move myself and my son into this apartment? Yeah. I, I mean, and so I know what people are going through now. It was it was it's so hard when you've gotten used to a certain sense of security. And I'm, even, I'm not even talking opulence. I'm talking people who just felt like, what do you do at 52 years old when you've been married for 20 years, your kids are in college, right? and all, all of your equity is in your home, and all of a sudden you have no equity in your home. Your husband's lost his job. You can't pay for your kids to finish college. You have to move into an apartment, and you're sitting around going, what happened to us? Exactly. And whose fault is it? Then you get angry. You want to blame somebody, and you want to blame him, or you want to blame her. You, and it, it's so hard to keep it together it really tests your it tests everything it tests your character it tests your patience it tests your um you know your sanity it tests your 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 strength as a couple and and unless you've got a good therapist and how do you pay for that by the way (laughs) you know it it, it, it's all really hard but you know i do believe and and i have to say whatever your spiritual beliefs are you know i do believe that there's a couple things that got me through that really raw trauma right. of when David died. Mm-hmm. One of them was my belief in God. Yep. And and yet another part of me is going, where'd he go? Okay. And then and then the other one was just one minute at a time, Lucinda. One. You talk about worry. Okay, what I did. Yeah, I, let's I, talk I, about I, worry because nobody's talking about worry. People are worried. Well, how I got through it. You want to talk about worry. I mean, there I was, the anxiety and depression guru. Yes. There would be be days, Pat, when I would be on television talking about anxiety and depression, and I'd run home to my husband, who was in a psych ward, okay, on antipsychotic medications, 
writing 15-page scenarios about how the world was going to come to an end. And, and can you even imagine? And then I'd have to go, grab and get my son out of school because he was vomiting, because he was so stressed out about his father, and then they thought he had a brain tumor. And my daughter's away at college, and I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to finish paying for it. I mean, it was just like, ah. Oh. And the only thing I could do was back up and take a breath and say, one day at a time, Lisa. Mm. One day at a time. And there were times I literally just went into my bedroom, got down on my knees, and what I prayed for, sure, I prayed, please let this work out. Please fix David. Please let everything be okay. Give me the strength to fix David. But I also prayed for the strength just to get through the day. Mm -hmm. Just get me through this. Because Mm -hmm. I also had to trust that God knew where this was going, because I certainly didn't. And, And me, I thought, you know, I could fix anything. Try to tell somebody, and I mean, there's all these women out there as women, we think we're so strong, we're so powerful, we can fix it, we can do it, we can do 90 million things. And you know what? We aren't. We're human. And, 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 and we're and, vulnerable. And we're vulnerable and we're scared and we want somebody to take care of us and we want someone to step in and fix it because we're people and we want to believe there is a God that's looking out for us. And then when something happens, when you, I mean, I think of Dana and Christopher Reeves so often, I think, yeah. Look what look what they went through, and look what happened to him. And he got he continued to live, and she stuck by him. And you know, look at what Will Reeves has been through as a kid. Oh my and gosh! Then, and then she turns around and gets lung cancer and dies and didn't even smoke. Now there, you know, top that story for tragedy. And that kid was 13 years old, lost both his parents, and you know he could have turned into some you know psycho drug drug addict. And nobody would have blamed him. And she, you know, I mean, the only thing the only thing I can think is that God must have had some incredible plan for them. Exactly. And he must he must have been testing them down here so that he could put them into charge in charge of something big up there. Because what other reason would there be for what those people went through? Well, you know? somebody had said to me once on a show, uh, and we were talking just about this, their journey. And I, th- I believe this was right after her passing, right? Somebody said to me, is there really a God? Somebody asked me that question. And I remember being interviewed about this. And I said, yeah, there's not only a God, but there's a divine plan. And sometimes we don't know what that plan is. And we don't know how we're called to service and strength. And so we're going to take a short break. But what we're talking about here, Lucinda, is, you know, there's something my stepmom, my stepmom was great. She taught me so many things. You know, she said, you know what? She was from the South. She would be like, honey, you know what? I'll tell you something. If it don't kill you, it's going to make you stronger. You may not think so, but I guarantee it. It'll make you stronger. That, I have something to, have she, something to add to that after the When break. we come back, she said that. And homemade cornbread. All right. All right. Let's take a short break, everybody. When we come back, we're going to tell you what the number one thing is about worry. But we're also going to tell you what Lucinda Bassett has has created, not only in her book, but in her work, in her practice, and what she does to help us move on. Healthy detachment. What do we need to know? How can we live life full out despite life? We'll be right back. Sometimes I'm Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. 
That's CellularWisdom.com. Bambusa Bamboo Products saves trees and reduces waste by providing a new material for bathroom tissue and baby wipes. Bambusa Bamboo Products offers the only tree-free 100% bamboo bathroom tissue and award-winning baby wipes made from ultra-soft bamboo-derived fibers. Using material from renewable bamboo is the ideal alternative for toilet paper and wet wipes. Call 866-996-2867. Or visit Bambusa.com. Discover the ancient art of herbal medicine today. Herbs can help our bodies respond better to the modern world's stress and toxicity, as well as nourishing and strengthening. Using organic herbs from around the world, the skilled herbalists at Urban Wellness help you choose the herbs best suited for your body. See what herbs can do for your life and health by visiting our downtown Kirkland location. Or check out our offerings and informative classes online at UrbanWellness.net. That's H-E-R-B-A-N wellness.net. We all want deeper, more intimate relationships. But how do we create successful relationships and maintain strong connections? Peter Kane has some real answers. Author of The Monogamy Challenge, Creating and Keeping Intimacy, Peter is one of the original breath workers and relationship trainers with over 30 years' experience. Breathe, relax, or create intimacy and keep it thriving. Visit PeterKane.org or contact Peter Kane at 425-802-2050. When it comes to massage, don't take a chance on quality. Come to the award-winning Dream Clinic. Whether you're experiencing stress, muscle aches, or need treatment for an injury, Dream Clinic's highly skilled massage therapists tailor their massage plan to your individual needs. We're open seven days a week with convenient locations in Green Lake and Queen Anne. New clients, mention hearing this ad and enjoy $20 off your first massage visit at Dream Clinic. Learn more about us at dreamclinic.com or call 206-267-0863. Discover Dream Clinic and experience the difference. Everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I, I've just been so looking forward to talk to Lucinda Bassett. It's just been really, really cool. Let me just tell you a little bit about um, the book, just so you know. Uh, the book is called The Solution, uh, Conquer Your Fear, Control Your Future. It is a 21-day emotional makeover for taking control of your life. Now, the reason I, I'm sharing this with all of you out there so that you can get your own copy, but here, here, here is what I think Lucinda and I have talked about so far in the show. We are talking about a lot of things that cause emotional trauma in people. Uh, everything from losing your job to much more. I mean, come on. You know, the latest Julia Roberts, Tom Hanks movie that's out there right now, you know, takes you through what is happening in, in the world right now. It, uh, you know, some parts of it were, for, for, uh, you know, were funny, but honestly, for me, it just uh, triggered all my downsizing issues. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but here it is. So 
it, look, in the book, you say 78% of Americans claim that their biggest fear is not having enough money. That is oh, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of people. Here. That is a lot of people. So let's talk about how we deal with this, because this is the worry. Uh, someone said to me not too long ago, do you know any women that don't really believe that eventually they will be bag ladies? I was shocked by the question, and so I saved that for you. Is it more of an issue with women, men, and honestly, are we really, 78% of us, really worrying that much about money? Yes, we are worrying about money right now because Mm. of the times we're living in. It's huge. It's huge. For one thing, it's on the news, okay? And and we're all standing back with deep breath going, when is it going to turn around? What's, What's turning around, you know? That means, you know, for, for one thing, you know, the real estate market's a really good in, indicator, and so is unemployment, and neither one are getting better. Right. And so that scares us. And then we see what's happening abroad and, you know, in Europe, and that scares us. And, and the thing is, we're so global that whatever affects us affects everybody. And, and, and now all you do is turn the TV on or, you, you know, your, your phone or your computer, and we're not only hearing about what's happening here, we're hearing about what's happening over there. And right now, you know, no, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's a tough time financially. I mean, I talked to some of the biggest and best, and I've interviewed them for my book. And no one, no one's sitting here saying it's going to get better three years from now. It's going to be better five years from now. No one really knows. And no one's, I mean, no one's even really certain of what we have to do to, to, to get it better. Yeah. And so that's so, and women and men are both worried. I think for men, the scary thing is, it's their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, a man in his 50s who loses his job and can't support his family the way that he used to, it greatly affects his identity. You know, I, and then and a woman, it affects her sense of security because, you know, we all want to feel safe. Everybody wants to feel safe. And I think that's the key word. We don't feel safe. We all thought we smugly, and I don't mean that the way it sounds, but I, we all thought we were pretty much safe. We were set in our ways. We we were safe for the future. We had it under control. We had 401ks. We knew where we'd be 10 years from now. We knew what we'd have with regard to equity in our home. And rip all that apart. It's gone. None of us know. Even the wealthy are scared, okay? Because when you have more, you spend more. I mean, I'm sure there are some people out there who are financially secure for the most part. But believe me, the vast majority are Mm -hmm. worried. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes, and what that does, it's a domino effect. You know, it affects everything. All of a sudden, you can't eat out the way you used to. All of a sudden, you're not taking the vacations you used to. All of a sudden, you're not, you know, you, you might have had three cars. Maybe that, now you're down to one. And God forbid, you know, you've had to sell your home and the equity's gone. So now it's, you know, you're just living a much smaller life. And so it affects your identity. It affects your self-esteem. And your children, you know, they're thrown by the whole thing. And, and then we talk about our college students, and I have two who get out of school and can't even find a job. Yeah. And, and there you're saying, you have to get out and take care of yourself. I mean, I'm going through this right now. I mean, I, I'm saying to my kids, you have to take care of yourself. I can't do it anymore. You're costing me almost my whole paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> between, between college and, you know, and your, your living expenses, your overhead. I mean, and, and God bless them both. They've been, both of them have been looking for jobs since January. And my daughter graduated. She's got a great job now, and she's doing just fine. But my son, he's been back and forth and all. And, I mean, he, try to 
find a job as a 19-year-old for the summer that even pays 10 bucks an hour anymore. Oh, I know. Trust me. You're talking to somebody that was homeless at 17 and had three jobs. One was selling hot dogs. The other one was cleaning fish. And the other one was delivering mail in, in, inside a company. But, you know, here's the thing I love about what you're writing about. There is a solution. So given all of these circumstances, you have managed to thrive. And so what have you discovered in this journey to help our listeners know there really is light at the end of the tunnel? Well, you know, I love what you said when you first you came on and you said I, I, all these things have happened to you that triggered something inside of you. Yeah. And, and I think what I love about this book, The Solution, and why it's been embraced um, is because, you know, there is a solution and there is an answer. And a lot of the reason that people don't, feel good right now is because they don't have a plan. And as you said, right. you said you, you said there's a divine plan. Well, have you ever heard that story where there's a person standing on top of a building and there's a major flood and a helicopter comes along and says, jump, jump, <laughs> grab the rope, and they don't. And then I'm going to make it fast. And then get in the boat, and they don't get in the boat. And then right. the guy dies, goes up to heaven, and, and, the, and he says to God, I thought you were going to save me. And God says, hey, I sent you a helicopter in a boat. Yeah, that's and I mean, right. But the bottom line is, yes, there's a divine plan, but you've got to be smart enough to to create your earthly plan, to right. fulfill the divine plan. You can't just sit back and go, God, save me, take care of me, fix it. And mm-hmm. so what this book does is that so beautifully, yes. so much of who we are now is about our core story. What did you go through growing up as a child, as you told us some of yours, and I have one that's you know, pretty amazing myself, because what you don't know is that your core story experiences will hang with you as an adult. And then when you're... 30 years old, or you're 40 years old, or you're 22, and you're going through something uh, traumatizing, you're going to be triggered by something that happened in your core story, and you're going to be reactive to things when you should be proactive. And you're going to react in ways that are familiar, that come easily, that are automatic, as a result of, as your, of your core story experience. So what I teach you in this book, is such a simple, simple thing, but it's something none of us, most of us have not learned. How do you go from being a reactive person who's not in control of your future, who sees yourself as a victim, who spends most of your time worrying and blaming things around you, to being a proactive person? Uh, I'll give you an example. Donald Trump, Oprah Winfrey, um, you know, the people of the world who have built empires out of being proactive. By that I mean whenever they're thrown a trauma, a tragedy, something to deal with, they don't sit back and go, oh, no, what do I do now for me? They get busy. They get active. They get proactive. They get interest. They get help. Reactive people get worried, get overwhelmed, you know, get victimized. Proactive people get busy. And so by the end of this book, every, there's like 21 action assignments that help you go from being a reactive, reactive person who thinks from a victimized place to being a proactive person with a plan. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through, you all of a sudden have a different way of looking things, looking at things from a proactive perspective. And it sounds simple, but it's not. And the only way you can do it is with someone to teach you, and that's what this book does. And that's what I had to do to get through what right. I've been through in the past three years. Or right. I'd be hanging out there somewhere going, what happened to me? I know. I mean, but I love what you did, listen to what you did is you laid this out into a 21 day plan, uh, power thinking and much more. And people very, I, I'm going to make it simple, very simply, if they go through this, their lives will change. 
And that is not said lightly. We do need a plan. We do need to take action. And all of this is so we can become, as you've said, proactive. Thank you for joining me here today. Wow, great show. It's been my pleasure. Have a great day, and, and thank you so much for doing what you do. Oh, uh, my gosh. Keep, Lucinda. Keep <laughs> oh, yeah, we're rocking it now. I hope you will come back. We didn't even get to half the stuff. Lucinda Bassett, everyone. The book is called The Solution. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Joe. Mm-hmm.